Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Deal Board. And today, we have an industry specialty show that we're really excited about. And it's about the fashion industry and clothing industry. And people might think that that industry is dead. We've heard it, you know, before. Uh, It certainly has made huge seismic changes over the last few decades. It used to be a huge manufacturing right here onshore. And then that has all moved offshore. And then it used to be through big... Uh, department stores, but now uh, it's pivoting again, right, Jessica? Yeah, I mean, it's it's made a major pivot, and you've seen a lot more of this direct-to-consumer model um, and a retail pivot. I mean, you have companies like Rent the Runway that have blended this, you know, online company versus now they're opening retail stores. So, still a very big business. It's just had a lot of innovation and change, but there's a ton of opportunity out there. Yeah, there's tons of opportunity, especially for uh, entrepreneurs and people who want to do business cross-border deals. And we have some amazing guests today that talk just about the amazing opportunities that are out there in the world in the fashion industry. I interview Catherine Shepis, uh, Kathy, as I know her. I do know her personally because I grew up with her. She's actually my first cousin. Uh, but she graduated from the Fashion Institute of Technology, and she's a heavyweight. I mean, in the fashion industry, she worked for Saks Fifth Avenue, Ann Klein, Liz Cabe, Claiborne. She was with Doncaster, which was a, uh, talk about pivoting. It was a company that uh, sold like Avon or like, you know, um, Tupperware that they used to come to your home and do fashion shows and multi multi-million dollar company that is now in the process of of, of pivoting itself. But Kathy is uh, now doing her own thing, and she is on the American Fashion Podcast. Uh, that is, uh, she has amazing guests on that podcast. You should check it out if you're into the fashion industry. You want to see more about the opportunities. Uh, but then we have another star that's coming on, right, Jessica? Right. We have, I mean, an amazing and inspirational woman, Emmy, who is a supermodel and best known for her plus size model work. But also, you know, she's been voted like the 50 most beautiful people in the world, most important American important woman in America. And she's, she's a big spokesperson and ambassador for the National Eating Disorders Association. But also now she's pivoting and she's working on her fashion line that she launched as well as a, a spa line. So Andy was able to talk with her and talk about what they see in the fashion industry and, and what's going on there. So two incredible interviews. If you're in the fashion industry or looking to get into the fashion industry of insights of what's going on in that market. And we still, we still still see good sales out there. I mean, fashion 
based businesses. We could think of clothing stores. We could think of distribution wholesale companies. We could think of importers. We could think of people just starting their own fashion line. We've sold some of those businesses before and they, you know, go for some of the regular multiples out there. But, you know, what are you seeing out there? Well, I mean, when you look at, you know, distribution um, companies or manufacturers, you're looking at two times SDE in terms of valuation or four times EBITDA, which is about average, right? But there's there's still some some variation depending on, like we've talked about, about quality and quantity of earnings. Um, and then the retail stores are pretty similar, right? So we're still seeing about two times, um, you know, two times SDE or three and a half times EBITDA. So there's still really good value on the retail and distribution slash manufacturing side of the fashion industry. Yeah. And there's still tens of thousands of retail outlets out there. And as we spoke to Michael Ziff and we spoke with um, Michael uh, here on La Solas Company, you know, we talked about that the pivoting of the retail is kind of trending toward these independent, everybody's looking for, you know, something that isn't sold everywhere. Uh, and Emmy talks about that, how she's supported people that, I, I, or excuse me, Kathy talked about how she's interviewed people from all over the world, uh, getting, you know, sourcing direct uh, things from and empowering women over overseas and with uh, specialty trade. It's just, it's, it's a fascinating industry and there's plenty of opportunity. And if you build a business, it's going to be valuable. Definitely valuable. I mean, you've seen lots of success stories too in the fashion industry of really looking at the delivering something that's unique and personal and also like really niching into a specific segment of the industry. So I think there's a ton of opportunity out there if you're looking to start or buy a business in this industry segment. And hopefully today we'll give you a lot of good advice to go down that road. Yeah. So let's get to it. I think it's going to be a great show. We have two amazing interviews. These are just, if you just like talking to entrepreneurs or talking to industry experts and hearing all kinds of stories, two great interviews today. So it's a really good show. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey everybody, we're back and we have a very dearly beloved guest for me. Her name is Kathy Shepis. She was with Lean Canvas Advisory. And she is the co-host of American Fashion Podcast, and she's also my first cousin, which means uh, I do love her a lot. And But that's not why she's here. She is one of the foremost experts out there, and she's got her finger on the pulse of the fashion industry. And we were just talking before we got started, and there could be more opportunity right now, right? Absolutely. Andrew, I'm so excited to be on here. I think podcasting seems to run in the family. Yeah, it does. It does. It's great. <laughs> so, um, yes, opportunity. I mean, where do you want me? Where, where well, should I start? Well, I mean, you know, you, you've been through a lot. So, I mean, you've been through the big chain stores. You've been through the big manufacturer. You've been through uh, a, a unique manufacturer. So, why don't you give a little bit about where you where have you been and where right. you, you mm -hmm. see things going? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, 
I've had a long career and one that I've loved very, very much. Um, I spent time at Saks Fifth Avenue. I spent time at um, Liz Claiborne and Klein Collection, always in executive positions, managing design, merchandising, in some places production as well. And then I went to a um, direct-to-consumer company, which I was there for a very long time. <laughs> I don't really want to get specific, but I was president there for um, a number of years. And to me, after having left the garment center and going to this direct-to-consumer brand, it was like it was such an incredibly unique environment. You know, this model, obviously everybody is talking about direct-to-consumer today, but when I started um, at this company, which I guess was 1998, and the company had been formulated, the name was Doncaster, and it had been formulated in like 1939. Wow. Um, and we sold clothing by appointment. And it was totally um, a relationship business. It was all about that relationship of the stylist um, with the consumer. So we we produced a line of clothing for her and it was all about um, giving her superior quality in service um, and, and in products. So fast forward to where I am now and I left there and, you know, it's so many years of having worked in a corporate environment. I felt like um, it was kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Like you, you come out and it's like, oh my God, the, the world has changed so much. Right. And, and something you talked to me about, you said today, you kind of wanted to concentrate a little bit on, you know, is, is this a good environment right now for entrepreneurs? And I think it's just absolutely never been a better environment. Yeah. I've so listened, just yeah. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and you've had some pretty incredible entrepreneurs on there. Well, you know, so here's the thing, and we have a lot of people on, and this is American Fashion Podcast, um, we have a lot of people on that I had never heard of before. Um, you know, and having been kind of in the luxury space, I guess I always concentrated on the larger names in fashion, and yet there are so many people that are creating um, big businesses. And a lot of what's helping them is the fact that there is a there is very much a supportive environment, I think, between new business owners as well as between mature businesses and young businesses, like being really willing to help a young business get started. Um, and I think there is a, a level of collaboration that's um, never existed before. Like, for example, I work where we do our podcast. Uh, we do it in a studio. And it's called, um, it's an open workspace and it's called Voyager. And in this particular workspace, they have brought together um, all people that have to do with the travel industry. You know, they're developing apps or websites or whatever. And so they are all kind of working together, even though they're all individual brand owners. And then they bring VCs in at particular times. I mean, it's, it's like the, it, the exposure that you can get. And I don't think, I don't think this is just, um, I don't think this is only happening in New York. Am I right? No, I agree. You know, it's Silicon Valley, Austin. I mean, every city wants their like incubator space, even here in South Florida, they're, you know, the universities are in the game of, of, of trying to grow in incubators companies and actually get a piece of the action. And, you know, and we were talking about, uh, this 
a little bit before, and I heard you talk about it on your podcast as well, is that, you know, the social media has given individual entrepreneurs reach like they've never had. Like never. So there is, we recently had someone on, her name is Sarah Flint, and she's making beautiful shoes, and um, most of them are made in Italy. And when she started her shoe brand, um, she wanted Cindy Crawford to wear her shoes. So she sent her a direct message through Instagram. So she sent the shoes to Cindy Crawford and Crawford is now a partner in her business. Wow. <laughs> That's, that is I mean, incredible. Is that, and I mean, her business is, is really big right now. You know, when you hear stories like this, it's kind of like if you have the passion, you know, and the ability obviously to strategize your business, um, you know, you can, you can get exposure. Yeah. I mean, yesterday I met with somebody who is, um, she had her own business and now she's doing, um, a stylist, um, business, right. And she is, has a, her own, um, YouTube channel. Her name is Tracy gold. And she gives like fashion tips for women that are over 40 years old. She has 20,000 subscribers. She's had 1.7 million people, um, visit her site. Wow. So she's, she's taking that. Now she's also teaching other people how to do um, SEO um, uh, optimization. You know, so that's the other thing that I find amazing. And I don't remember that existing in the culture when I was growing up, you know, in this business. I feel as if everybody was more competitive. You know, so she's willing to teach other people. And she's also ended up making... Um, um, she's created almost another mini business for herself that ge- generates revenue. Right. And, and, and it, it is changing fast and, you know, and these companies get bought, right? So, you know, we do talk about buying and right. selling businesses. There's opportunities to buy small businesses and turn them around and, you know, and, and, and sell them for a lot of money. I mean, we've had a couple guests on our show that built, you know, a makeup brand and they sold it for a ton of money and they built it on Instagram. So. Love that. Yeah. And, and you had, you had the, and, and, and the world is flat, right? So it's so Mm -hmm. international these days. You had somebody on that was leveraging crafts in, I forget Mm -hmm. where that was. Susan Hall, Charleston. But, I mean, she was based in Charleston, North Carolina. Is that right? And she brings in like artisans from all around the world. She's like supporting women's brands. It's incredible stuff. I mean, just in- incredible. So Well, and then, so, okay, there's someone else we had on and she is from a company called Big Lives. Her name is um, Sam Alston. So what she is doing um is bringing together brands that are only digitally native. And then she is doing almost like a traveling trunk show. She collaborates with um, sponsors, you know, for wine and for food that because they get exposure at her shows, they donate this kind of, um, you know, donate the food and whatnot. And so she'll have like eight designers and she'll set it up in a brownstone environment and have music and so on. It's kind of, it's like a floating store. Wow. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's the time where you can be really creative. So, and the other thing is, is I think just one more, I mean, to how people are thinking out of the box. Um, did you ever hear of American giant? It's a, it's like a, um, active wear company and they're based in San Francisco. 
No. I think the business is only like six years old, but he's already gotten a couple of hundred million dollars in funding at this point. Wow. He was an ex-finance person himself. His name was Bayard, Bayard uh, Winthrop, I think. But And he, you know, born out of frustration for not finding the perfect sweatshirt, he created what he thought was the perfect sweatshirt. And then, you know, through someone he knew somehow on social media, they got it out there and this thing went viral. And he immediately had orders, you know, for like 30,000 wow. of these sweatshirts or something. This was like pretty big when it happened. And, uh, you know, it took him six months to produce it. And he started now. He only does production in the U.S. Um, but now fast forward down the road and he has this big business, what he's doing so that he can... Um, he wants to be able to engineer all of his products so that it is as perfect as that sweatshirt. And he, he brings in not only designers, but he brought in engineers from Apple. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, so that is like, oh my God, like just thinking about, you know, bringing that kind of thought process in to a creative process and how they can exchange information wow. is just, and and the whole distribution really model has changed as well, right? So sourcing and then selling is just, you know, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you know whether it's Amazon or whether you know you know how you sell your wares, and you know we do have a brand that we'll probably talk about on this podcast about that's selling on Amazon, and and it has been very successful in selling on Amazon. But there's obviously people are going direct now too, right? Direct-to-consumer, absolutely. Yeah, they have their own website, mean? yeah, and they distribute themselves, mm-hmm. right? I think, you know, people, it's it's a hard way to start. Um, you have to kind of have a, a pretty big network. I mean, this is almost where I think the model that I worked with makes sense. Like, you hire independent contractors to help to sell your product. Right. Because a lot of businesses, you know, like a Warby Parker, you know, at a certain point when you need to scale, you need, you need some, you need some stores. Right. That's kind of what they found. So I think everybody's trying to find like the secret sauce, so to speak. All right. Well. On, on how to grow the business the right way. But I, you know, for me, I don't believe that, um, I mean, not just for me, but retail is not dead. Of course. And I think that there is, there's so much happening in um, smaller independent retailers you know, it's the more traditional stores that are going out because they kind of were having a hard time because they can't get out of their own way. I, I mean, it's, it's almost unbelievable. Yet you have some stores like a Nordstrom's or a Macy's that are starting to do things that are out of the box. And then small independent stores that are really concentrating on like, how do I do something more exciting for the customer? Yeah, we've so seen for that. For you, I would think, you know, I mean... I'm sure you have a lot of retail stores and that's not just apparel, right? It's anything. It's anything. And you know, we, we, we did a whole episode on retail and, you know, and, uh, Michael Ziff, who's, uh, in, over in London. And he talked about how the big retailers are getting crunched and, you know, the low end retailers are getting, uh, getting crunched. Um, but it's those independents and that, and the luxury and, you know, mm-hmm. people who still want to touch, feel, and 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 see something different. And he said, "There's going to be opportunity." And when those people are moving out of their space, you know, it creates opportunity, like you do see, like these collaborative spaces, like uh, people doing different things to you know move their products. So it, it's it's all good stuff. And 
Yeah, and I think, you know, just the way small stores are multi-brand stores, as you bring up collaborating, and there are a few of them here, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a single owner in an independent store. I mean, what's more brilliant is to have, I think, two or three owners, you know what I mean? So that you are really working together and there's just um, a different kind of, uh, different kind of energy because no matter what customers appreciate and understand, um, I know it's an overused word, but an authentic relationship. Well, so that's what you're doing at Lean Canvas Advisory, right? You're helping these people kind of navigate all these orders. Yeah, and I think, you know, something that's really, whoops, did you hear that? Because my phone and alarm just went off. No. Um, I think what's really important is that companies that have, um, I want to work with company, you know, brands that have also been in existence for a while, you know, mid-sized brands, sure. because I think, you know, kind of leaning into their strengths, so to speak, but really helping them to refocus. I think it's just as important um, for companies that have been around for a long time to think like entrepreneurs. And, and so I want, what I want to be able to do is, is kind of bring in a fresher perspective. Great. And I have partners also to do, you know, other other things to include podcasting. I mean, I think podcasting is also really big for large organizations in terms of branding. You know, it's like, how do you, you can use internal corporate podcasts to communicate um, to people actually, I mean, in franchises in particular. Well, you know what I mean? That's what we're doing here today. What's that? That's what we're doing here today. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's, that's, that is so perfect for, you know, people to understand your mindset and how you think and how you have grown like such an incredible business. I mean, and that's inspiring. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, thank you for coming on today. Uh, How best can someone get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you to hire you or to have to uh, perhaps suggest someone for the American fashion podcast as well? Yes, actually, for both, just go to um, leancanvasadvisory.com and you can email me right through the site. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was fun. Okay. All right. I'll see you soon, cuz. Hey, Andy, you know what time I think it is? I think it's time to talk about our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Hey, we're back with deal of the week and we're with Todd Album from... Trans World Charlotte, and Todd has a really good deal that, uh, you know, a lot of times deals come together and it's just kind of magical. And so Todd has a good example of that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You know, Andy, it comes down to timing and being at the right place at the right time and not just being at the right place at the right time, taking advantage of the opportunity. So right place, right time. Uh, We get an Internet call that came into our office and uh, Jack and myself were on that call uh, probably within 30 minutes of it coming in right away. And it turned out that uh, we were uh, not only the, uh, the only agent to had called him back, but we, we, we jumped in onto a marketing appointment within, within two days. And uh, we actually were an hour early for that. <laughs> uh, it was a 9 a.m. It was a 9 a.m. Me- it was a 10 a.m. meeting and we got there at 9 a.m. Uh, inadvertently, it, it was uh, it worked out just fine. Uh, beautiful office, and what, what it comes down to is 
the type of business this was. It was a medical spa called M2 Medical Spa. And uh, there's one thing I have to tell you about Charlotte, North Carolina, especially South Charlotte, is vanity wins. And uh, I knew that. I knew I'm looking at the inside of this business. It was beautiful. It had the Shuang Fei, whatever they call that, Shui Feng. It had all the right things going on and a really nice uh, owner operator who was a physician's assistant. So Jack and I sat with him in his office. Uh, we, uh, we, we had a wonderful meeting and uh, Jack looked at me as the go-to guy for him, for him because I did have a, a couple of listings at the time in that same space, that same uh, medical practice space. Uh, built trust right away. It's all about trust. It's all about being relatable. Uh, and it was just maybe two days after that first appointment, I walked in there and walked out with a signed marketing agreement. Uh, but it was challenging. It, it, the challenge was I, I had to find a doctor in this particular. I could have we could have found somebody else, but it would have been a workaround and, and I didn't want to go there. So it's all about writing a very uh, compelling uh, listing and getting the right people to respond to it. And now you have a smaller audience, but you got the right audience. And I worked the audience quite well. We found a local doctor in the area who uh, was looking for a, uh, a business like this. Uh, he came in, again, that uh, Shui Feng thing. Immediately, it was uh, curb appeal. And uh, uh, we worked back and forth with, with, with him and went through the due diligence process. It turned out to be uh, a cash and seller financing deal, which would expedite the deal as well. Uh, we had a motivated seller and we had a, a, a tremendous buyer who, who really gave us his time during that due diligence where we really were put to the test. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, it closed uh, within maybe four months of its listing. I was real happy at the closing. We, we had our mimosas, as we usually do. And uh, to this day, I bump into him from time to time. And uh, it did sell for just about half a million dollars. Thank you. Great. Sounds like a great deal. Todd, how best to get in touch with you if there's another medical spa or a business like it that wants to sell? Or any business. Uh, I'm reachable at uh, talbaum at tworld.com, part of the uh, South Charlotte NC uh, Transworld family. Thanks, Todd. Thank you. Hey, we're back and we have a very special guest. Uh, her name is Emmy. She's an incredible entrepreneur. She is a TV show producer, author, fashion model, a clothing designer. She has a line of clothing called um, Clothing uh, by Emmy and a spa line that she's coming out with uh, called Emmy Spa. And uh, I probably just said those two things wrong so she can correct me, but she's a uh, uh, a dynamic person, a public speaker, uh, met our dear friend Eric Strauss in New York uh, during one of his uh, productions. Uh, and uh, welcome to the show. I just, you know, you do so much. So it, it's going to be a fun conversation. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate it. Nice to say hello and very nice to uh, join you on your podcast. Podcasts are wonderful. 
Yeah, I saw you had some yourself, uh, but you've kind of moved on doing other things as well. So why don't you talk about, uh, you know, how you kind of got into the industry and, you know, how it's changing because, uh, you know, the fashion industry and there's so many opportunities uh, that, you know, people sometimes think that certain industries are dead, but I just see them pivoting and all kinds of great things going on and, and opportunities for lots of people to get involved. Well, Andy, um, the fashion industry, as we speak, is going through a pivotal time. Uh, a lot of the retail uh, stores, the brick-and-mortar stores, are closing down because everything is going online, and it's shaking the industry to its core. So some people might say that it's fading out, oh, what's going to happen? But I see it as the greatest opportunity ever to really reach your customer and to give her or him the greatest uh, customer service you possibly can. And whether it's through innovative scanning technologies uh, to help the clothes match up with the body shapes of the individual buyers so that there's very few returns. We have a 62 to $63 billion return issue in this country alone. And wow. that's enough to make your toenails curl if you're in the fashion industry. So um, that and free shipping has been um, – a couple of the factors of why the fashion industry has really been taken to its knees, but um, the the convenience of just a click of a button and then returning it because there's free shipping um, has really given a an opportunity uh, to an online push that that is very very wonderful. But people, all women, really like to be able to touch and feel and go shopping. So we haven't seen the fashion industry totally shutter their doors at all. In fact, it's a, as I said, the top, it's time for, for really out of the box thinking. Um, and one of the things that I I've been working on for about 30 years of my career, I I've done a lot of the modeling and, but one of the, the most important parts of my career was to hear what women were saying, not only in our country, but around the world about their bodies. And it, because my background is in reporting, I was an NBC affiliate reporter um, prior to being a, a model. And I've always been very, very curious. So when I started hearing that women that were much thinner than I was speaking about their bodies in ways that were sometimes more horrific, um, if not, and I realized that it wasn't a size issue that we were going through in this country for women's body image and self-esteem and problems with when when someone wanted to wear X, Y, Z, no matter what size you were, we were going through our own body image issues. Sure. And I started delving in even deeper, uh, Andy, and said, well, wait a minute. Why are women that are above a, four, a 12 or 14 really so upset? What's going on here? So when I started working with department stores, a lot of department stores would put the clothing for full-figured women next to maternity. Oh. <laughs> And, and I'd be like, are you kidding me? Or they would be next to the fast food station or, you know, all these really strange, or in the basement, you know, with the horrible lighting. And it, it, when you start to think who's buttering your bread or who, you know, who's really supplying um, the major, major uh, sales with your accessories, when you can't find clothes, what are you going to do? You're going to go buy really good accessories, bags, shoes you know, scarves, um, jewelry, accessories, all that kind of stuff. So I started thinking, well, why can't we make clothes for women, of, you know, whether it's luxury, whether it's moderate, whether it's, um, you know, discounter, why don't we really do it right? So the fit 
is right. If right. you have the right fit, it's going to stay in her closet. So fashion design schools have classically, um, in all their design uh, uh, labs, they have forms that are in the size of size two, four, and six. Well, how are young designers supposed to learn how to create clothes for size 14, 16, 18, 20, and up women if you don't have those forms to work with? And also work with the straight size forms so it's a matter of proportions. It's a matter of draping. It's a matter of just really not making it a big deal, but making some small adjustments. And I said, my gosh, I don't know how to sew, but there's a real problem that can be solved if we are compassionate and open our aperture of what this app, this education is going to be. So I founded with Syracuse University, Fashion Without Limits. And they have had Fashion Without Limits and inclusive fashion education now for six years. For the first two years, it was only a two-year program. And now starting um, for the third year in a row, it's a full four-year program because they saw that the kids, the students were really, really into being able to design for their family, being able to design for a majority of women, as well as um, women were below a size 12. I said, oh, there should not be a line. Let them all understand what it is so that when these young people go out into the world, if a, a designer or a line or a department store asks the designer, do you know how to do um, from size zero to 24? And it would be so fantastic to hear that finally in a generation of time, we're going to have young designers saying, ah, oh, no problem, that's no problem, so that all women can go to the office, go on dates, go to special events, um, be comfortable, not only in their skin, but how they reflect their personality in their life. So that's something I've really been excited about. And you can find more about that on emmystyle.com backslash fashion without limits. Well, that's, I, that's incredible work. And as a father of two young daughters, younger daughters they're in their 20s now and understanding uh, no. body issues and all those kind of things it's just uh it's it's incredible that you know society is really waking up to this slowly but surely i, I have a saying that andy that slow change is lasting change and if you have quick fast change I don't know. It just seems like the pendulum will swing way too far on the other side. But if you just keep on plugging away at something and you just believe that, you know, compassionate understanding of, of the rights of people to clothe themselves in a, in a nice and affordable way and sometimes luxurious way, depending on what money you can spend, that should be, a, you know, almost like a God-given right. It shouldn't be just for the exclusive that have tons of money to, to pay for something to be done as a one-off. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, there's a lot of room there to go in and, and make money in the full figured market. But so many companies have tried to size up from an eight, which won't work. I'll just tell you, you'll have the highest returns you'll ever have and you'll never get back in the business. Or they, they get in thinking that they'll only make a ton of money off of women who are above a size 12, but they don't have the right marketing behind it. They don't really talk to her heart and soul. They really don't have their, their sleeves rolled up and getting in saying, listen, I don't know anything about this market, but please tell me, reaching out, you know, if you just get in, you make the clothes, eh, 
you know what? You're it's it's rolling the dice. It's not really investing right. with her. When she sees that that there's um companies, brands that really want to understand what she wants, she will be the most loyal customer buying not one pair of pants, but three in a collection that comes out that looks nice, the fabrications are good. So yeah, she's seen it all. <laughs> yeah. So so what's you know you you've started a couple lines uh you know as an entrepreneur out there and uh you know is it is it getting partnerships is it getting with the right with the right stores with the right manufacturers like what's kind of the tips if you had to help uh you know budding entrepreneurs get into the fashion world what what tips would you give them well budding entrepreneurs getting into any business you want to you've got to be able to uh pay your rent you know, you've got to be able to get food on the table. Sure. So you've got to have a day job as well as, you know, doing the hustle to get the sponsorship to whether it's sharing your story, sharing your tips, whether, you know, it's talking on panels or speaking engagements um, and consulting. There's quite a bit of hustle involved in that. Getting into the fashion industry, I would uh, say to that entrepreneur, whether you're a budding designer, um, Definitely learn about the full figure market and and have an inclusive line. It might be more expensive up front, but if uh, you'll get more lift with media if you are an inclusive line. Um, do your research because it is a tough business right now. It is really tough. <laughs> yeah, we're seeing it some. Is. Yeah, we're seeing some entrepreneurs. Uh, we we've sold some businesses that have been online. Uh, sales and, you know, some of them leveraging Amazon as well, which is a whole nother story for another day, starting an Amazon right. business and, and working with Amazon has its ups and downs as well. So, yeah. So I'm sure you've been there as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, so what's, what's, what's in the future for you? What's next? And, you know, what's, what, what, right. what do you see coming up? Um, I'm going to be down in Miami at the Carillion Spa and Resort talking about being in the present moment. So there's a holistic side to my life that I, I try to live by is being in the present moment. And I meditate and uh, I like essential oils and, and retreats and massage. I used to be involved in holistic health. And so um, a part of me that gets nourished is to do these retreats at these beautiful spots. And then I have the Emmy spa line that's going to be put into um, size zero to 24 uh, in different spas around the United States and different parts, destination, travel destinations in uh, the world. So that's, that's a part of the future. And um, I'm in development with a production company for um, a really fun makeover show. Now, I really love the Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Sure. Uh, Queer Eye um, makeovers on Netflix. I just love them. They're wonderful. And I had the first makeover show uh, back in the early days um, called Fashion Emergency. And it was like the mother of all reality shows and makeover shows. We had to beg, borrow, and steal people to get them on TV because no one wanted to say that they didn't know how to dress. Now, everybody's like, please make me over. So um, that's going to be a lot of fun, and I look forward to seeing that come together and, and jump on a network that we're in discussions with. So it's good. It's okay. And my daughter's going to college and in, in, uh, going to Syracuse in the fall. 
So I have more time to be able to devote to the, the entrepreneurial spirit that I have. Yeah. So, and we see that a lot. I, in fact, uh, you know, my wife's looking to do something and she does, you know, counseling and she gets involved with nonprofit work as well. And, and so, you know, as your kids get older, like mine, uh, you, you look to do something else in life and other projects. So that's all great stuff. So, uh, if someone, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you or buy some of your clothing, what's the best way to do that? Fantastic. They can go on to Instagram and follow me, Supermodel Emmy, and it's S-U-P-E-R-M-O-D-E-L-E-M-M-E. And you can go on to Emmy Style, and that's my website where you can reach out to me. There's contact me pages there. That's E-M-M-E-S-D-Y-L-E dot com. Oh, great. That is great. Thank you so much for coming on today. It was a, it's a great look into uh, an entrepreneur, uh, you know, a self-styled entrepreneur, groundbreaker, uh, social activist. Uh, You've done it all. So thank you so much for coming on today and giving us a little bit of insight into the fashion world. And, and it really is so much more than that. So thank you so much. You are welcome, Andy. Good luck on your podcast, The Deal Board. Love it. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey, we're back with Listing of the Week. And we have a very special guest. Of course, they're all special. But we have Pete Sheehan from Trans World Business Advisors of Hopog on Long Island. And we are here in New York. And yes, we're talking about the fashion industry uh, today on today's podcast, and we have a listing of the week for a bridal salon. And we have sold many bridal salons. It's still a very good niche in the fashion industry to make money. So Pete, why don't you tell us about your listing? Oh, this listing's uh, pretty unique. It specializes just with brides, no bridesmaids, uh, strictly bride uh, brides themselves. So it has a lot of growth potential if someone wants to get into the other end of the industry. Uh, the owner is uh, very ill, uh, must sell the business, so it is priced right. Uh, she's asking two ninety nine. Does over a million dollars in sales. The inventory alone is almost four hundred thousand uh, dollars. So it's a very very profitable business. Um, it's in the heart of Manhattan, Midtown Manhattan, and I think with the right owner uh, can really take this to the next level. Great. Sounds like a great business. And uh, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, They can call me direct at 516-639-2465 or P. Sheehan, S-H-E-E-H-A-N, at tworld.com. All right. Great. Thanks for coming in today, Pete. Thanks for tuning into our show today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. If you have questions or suggestions for the show, visit us at tworld slash the deal board or email us at the deal board at tworld.com. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.